As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Very spooky. Hello. Hello, spooky pals. Spooky pals, we're back again. We are. This is... Two girls, one ghost. Two girls, one ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That's Corinne. Hello. And I'm Sabrina. And I can't believe we haven't talked about this at all leading up to this point. When this episode comes out, you and I will have just spent a weekend in a haunted place. Oh. Corinne and I, 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 I feel like you and I have had so much excitement in planning this trip. We're going to Austin, Texas. Just Corinne and I were doing a haunted weekend, the two of us. And we just, we've been so thrilled about it. We've been talking about it nonstop between the two of us, but we just have not said it at all on the podcast. And I'm so I'm shocked. shocked. I didn't really realize that. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, no, I'm, so, yeah. <laughs> There's going to be so much to do. We were basically just like, we need to get together. What's halfway between... Both of us. Mm-hmm. And we're like, Austin, Texas would be a great place to go for food and fun and so many paranormal spooks. Yeah. So we can't we're wait. staying in a haunted hotel. One that you guys have told us about time and time again because we have so many emails about it in our inbox. Should we say? We'll have to do like an, an Austin. Yeah. Yeah, let's just say Well, because we'll post about it on social media. We're going to stay yeah. at the Driscoll Hotel in Austin. And we are. And we should do a little Austin special episode too. Yeah, so maybe when we get back. We went. That's a good idea. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're so mm-hmm. excited. I know. Mm-hmm. Great idea, Corinne. <laughs> <laughs> you are brilliant, my friend. I bow down to you. Uh, 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 I'm very excited. One of the things that's not paranormal that's on my bucket list there is what? to go down to the river. Mm-hmm. By the waterfront and watch the bats come <gasps> Wait, from out yes! of the cave. The bridge. The bridge. Okay, yes, yes, we have to. Let's watch it. Okay, can't wait. That'd be so fun. It is spooky. That kind of has a paranormal twist to it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. We're going to create come back TikTok and content. Cowboy hats. And- <laughs> it's going to be so fun. We're going to post a bunch on social media and then we'll talk about it obviously on the podcast, but we're really excited. Corinne, I haven't seen you in person in the I flesh know. since my wedding. Isn't that weird? Yeah. So I see you every week on video. So I sometimes I forget how long it's actually been in person. <laughs> but yeah, no, this will be great. We're going to be little content creators the whole time mm-hmm. we're there because we have so many ideas for upcoming posting. things. So you guys can, yeah. yeah. Follow us along on our little journey together. <sighs> 
It wouldn't be an episode of Two Girls, One Ghost without Leia. There she is, meowing in the background. Meowing away. Good old sweetie. Um, well, yes. I'm stoked about this. I feel like this is going to be one of the first trips of hopefully many where now that we have it in our heads that we can just go do spooky <laughs> together. I don't know why we didn't think about it before. I know. We've just been so long talking about spooky places and things. And now we're finally going to throw ourselves headfirst onto a spooky hotel pillow. Yes, spooky hotel pillow. And perhaps this will lead us into many of the other things that we continue to talk about all the time. TM, TM, TM. So, TM and wink, wink. But the wink, wink is to the universe because we're (laughs) winking at you and we hope you wink right back. (laughs) Let's make it a thing. Let's make it a thing. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Oh, my head just shut down. I was like, where did words go? There are no It's funny you say that because my mom called me this morning to talk about last night's green room. And she was saying, she was like, you know how? Sometimes you just like struggle to say words and you stumble. And I was like, oh, are you trying to say that I was stumbling? And she was like, well, I noticed that a few times like you and Sabrina and some other people were really tongue tied and then had to correct yourselves. And she was basically saying that she she read that the stars and like how they're aligned sometimes affect us in our speech. And she was like, I wonder what it was like last night because everyone seemed to be stumbling a little bit. At least it wasn't just us. Yeah. That's interesting. I'm going to just start blaming anything that goes wrong in my life on the stars alignment. It's, it's the stars. <laughs> it's, yeah. That that ma- that makes me feel better already. I feel great now. <laughs> <laughs> right? I know. I was like, where is this going? And then it turned out to actually kind of be a, almost a compliment where it was like, it's not your fault ever. It's the stars. Yeah. The world like, is out okay. to get you is basically what I've learned. This works. Yeah. This works. I do really want to get – I know that I've – given so many topics of what I want to get into. Like, oh, I want to be a green witch. I want to get into all these things and and those things and blah, blah, blah. But astrology really does interest me. And I feel almost like I'm turning my back on my familial line by not having learned much about it previously. Because I've told you that my great aunt, Irene, was an astrologist. Yeah. And she wrote like birth charts and everything. So, of course, you know, she passed away long. I think she's actually a great, great aunt. So long before I was ever thought about. It's not too I, late. You can still do it. I need to channel. I would great, love this great journey. Aunt Irene Roth's powers. Wait, do it. I've been watching a lot of vampire diaries lately because it's now it's just my instead of reading guilty books, pleasure. it's my guilty pleasure. And I just obsessed with it. And Bonnie and her channeling her ancient her ancestors. ancestors and everything. Yes. So I'm I'm here for this. Okay, well, maybe I'll learn it and my motivation will be that I need to be pretty good at it by the time that you have kids so I can write the birth charts for your future children. Oh my God, I'll frame them and put them above their beds. Yeah, and and then we can see if any of them come true. Wow, I love that. Okay, Uh, I'm going to get to the books right now. I'm going to go to the library. Okay, I love that. I think that's so fun. I actually – it's interesting – I don't know. I mean, I feel like you now. My gosh, I'm going to sound just like you. People are going to be like, I don't, I can't tell the difference between Sabrina and Corinna anymore because they both bring up TikTok all the time. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I was, I saw a TikTok the other day and it was like all about seeing people's auras. And Mm. this woman was doing a thing. It was like she was holding up her hand. She was like telling you what to focus on and everything. And I saw her aura, I saw the color. Oh, is it? Do you focus like on the space between yeah. or something? And I saw the color. She was like a blue. She had a blue aura, and I saw it. And I was like, Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh do I have a hidden skill? 
So I can't see my own aura, but maybe I need to practice. I want to try this. She said using like a white background is really helpful because then you really focus on the in-betweens. I like the idea of you and I coming up with some sort of goal together in terms of opening ourselves up more spiritually. Becoming witches. So so maybe auras could be our first thing. Yeah. Like I'm thinking back to when I was 16 and me and my friend Meg, who was my best friend in high school – her and I, like, b- I think I bought these tapes about, like, how how to see you auras. Did. And we were listening to this, like, book on tape of, like, <laughs> how to see auras. But she was practicing on me, and then I would do it on her. But it, it wasn't really seeing auras. It was, like, f- the first step was, like, feeling them, oh. I, I guess. Like, feeling the energy around. And it was it was weird because I don't really remember much about, like, my experience trying to feel hers. But when she felt mine – it was like really she felt like an actual pressure and resistance in some areas around my body and in some places it was like kind of tight to my body and other places it was like pretty far out and she was she was like whoa like a little freaked out by it so that's you're you have an intense energy i guess so maybe in just one side or maybe i mean i don't know what it means but maybe like this the bigger barrier you have maybe that means like you know if my lower left side in the front is a little bit heavier maybe i should make sure i don't have appendicitis i don't know does it work like that i don't know i don't know either. i mean that gets into like reiki and all of that I, i'd be yeah it would be interesting maybe it's something we can do on like a green room or even i don't know i don't know are we going to develop a youtube series now that's where my head went oh wow <laughs> why not right let's add it to the list yet again another <laughs> it wouldn't be an episode of two cross one coast not just without leia but if we didn't come up with another business or oh venture gosh. that we should and have not yet pursued. But it would be cool to do like a series where we had – where you and I got readings, like different types of readings. That it's would like be. the goop of two girls, one ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I'm into it. I really want a past life reading. Yeah, me too. Fine. Let's add that when to I was the list. Like, yeah. I had one when I was younger, but I just want another one. Okay. I wonder if we I can find anything in Austin. Pressure. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, let's look. Hmm. Because I'm thinking back to like even when we went to Salem, I don't think you and I both got readings at the same time. Did we? I got a tarot reading and you and Marissa waited outside. <sighs> How dare I? What a loser. Because you had like just recently done it or something like that. Yeah, I think Nikita had come like three weeks yeah. earlier and I had just done it. So, but we should do it together. We'll find something in Austin. Okay. There's got to be something. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. What if when we're on the Bat Bridge, they all, instead of flocking away, flock towards us? What, what if like bat mother? Oh my God. I would actually be so down. I'm not afraid of bats at all. I think are they're you? so cute. Yes, they are. They are so cute. Leia's licking her butthole behind you. <laughs> you have perfect view. I tried to block her. She's done that on meetings before and I've had to go like slyly cover her in the camera frame. She's so flexible. Look at her little yoga pose. Putting us um, all to shame. But I actually really like bats. I've never understood when people get freaked out by them. I think that they're adorable, just like you oh, said. I think they're so they cute. They look like little cats or little yes, puppies. Yes, they do look with like wings. little cats. So sweet. Yeah. Would you rather be a bat mother or like a crow mother? Bat mother, I think. No, bat no, mother. not think. I No, definitely. I think I'm with you there. Fine. I think it, having some raven friends would be so cool. But there's something like – extra intimidating about yeah. having a swarm of bats follow you yeah i feel like the ravens and the crows has been done before you know yeah because you can train them yeah you can befriend them which is still a life goal <laughs> once i'm out of the city and can find some or maybe in another life or in a past life 
Which brings us to this week's topic, which we will we have lots to tell you about, which is re- reincarnation. Yeah, I was trying to set you up, and you looked at oh. me like, "What? Where? What? What is the topic?" <laughs> it's reincarnation. Reincarnation. We've done it before, but we're obsessed with it, and we yeah. talk about reincarnation all the time. Yeah, and I feel like it's one of those topics where researching it you can just get in such a like dark deep hole and just mm-hmm. like keep going further and further and further and further and then sometimes i have to pull myself out i'm like yeah where am i like who are these people i've just learned about 80 past lives and now it's i'm in conspiracy theory tiktok i mean it's also incredible because when you google like you know reincarnation stories there are like the few that come up that are really famous And I did one of those. But then you also find the Reddit forums where people are talking about Mm -hmm. doing past life regression hypnosis or just like weird memories like they had or memories or things that their children said. So it just – it truly is this topic that has – I mean, I feel like a whole podcast could be dedicated to just reincarnation stories. Well, okay. Wink, wink of the universe. We should do that too. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to wink, wink everything to an existence and – until we have like 200 things that we do <laughs> at Two Girls One Day. Something's got to happen if we have a lot of ideas. Right? That's what I'm saying. Okay. So to sound even more like Corinne, <laughs> <laughs> I found this story uh, or the story came to my attention thanks to TikTok. Oh. I guess you Hit could. Hit you on the For You page? Oh, yeah. Yes. On my FYP, if you know what that <laughs> means. <laughs> So, yeah, you can say I'm a full-on convert. I want to go back to, like, the very first episode when you brought up TikTok and my – I just had such a strong – not like – I wasn't against – yeah, I was against it. I was against it. I'll say it. You just had no interest in it and were kind of rejecting the idea of ever needing or wanting to go on it. I just don't need another thing on my phone that distracts me. And now I have it. So Yeah, now you're saying things like FYP (laughs) on our podcast. But I am learning lingo. I feel not as out out of date. I I don't know. I'm like in with the Gen Z, I guess. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I'm feeling old these days. Okay. So anyway, thank you to Emmy Nix on TikTok for bringing this incredible story of reincarnation to my attention. This is the story of the Pollock twins. It's a story that is considered to be one of the strongest evidences of reincarnation ever. So the story begins in 1957. John and Florence Pollock were living in Hexham, Northumberland in England with their four children. And they lived a relatively quiet and prosperous life. They ran a grocery and dairy delivery business. But they never expected the tragedy that was about to strike. Because on May 5th of 1957, it was a regular sunny day, a Sunday, and their two youngest children, Jacqueline and Joanna Pollock, who were 6 and 11 respectively, were walking to church with their friend Anthony when a woman drove her car into the three of them. (gasps) Oh my god. And this is, I mean, it was horrific. As you can imagine, this is, I'm including this because it was part of multiple stories that I read, but bystanders said that the impact tossed the children like cricket balls. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. This hurts my heart. I know. Joanna and Jacqueline were killed instantly. And then Anthony, unfortunately, died on his way to the hospital as well. So as you can imagine, it was absolutely devastating. The Pollock family was incredibly grief-stricken. They just couldn't understand why this woman had done such a horrific thing because apparently all the bystanders who had witnessed it claimed that this woman was driving erratically. She saw the three children and deliberately drove her car into them. 
So when the woman was in custody, they found out that she had recently been separated from her own children. And Mm. in a very depressed, dark state, she had decided to take her own life. And unfortunately, she had made the intentional decision to take other lives with hers. So she had taken a number of drugs and had gotten into her car. And what happened next We is what I just told you. So this woman survived and she was taken to a psychiatric hospital. But the Pollock family was just left to grieve this unspeakable loss. Their two youngest daughters, again, they were six and 11. Jacqueline was six and Joanna was 11. And the family just had such a hard time moving forward. Their daughters were such special girls. Joanna and Jacqueline were best friends when they were alive. Joanna was the older of the two, and she would always mother Jacqueline. And so John and Florence tried to remember their girls the way Joanna loved dressing up and acting and how she was so outgoing, the most generous girl, and the way Jacqueline loved to say, I will never be a lady. So they, you know, they're remembering all of these things, and they just can't believe that their beautiful and unique daughters are gone, just like that. As you can imagine, it was very hard for them to move on. And when John and Florence had first met, John was a Catholic and Florence was Protestant. And when they married, Florence converted to Catholicism. So while religion was very important and foundational in the relationship, they always had slight differences in opinion, which was never really a problem until Jacqueline and Joanna died. After their death, John became obsessed with the idea of his daughters being reincarnated. But Florence didn't believe in reincarnation. So according to the couple, this difference in belief after their children's death caused such a terrible rift in their marriage that they almost split. Florence was just trying to move on in this in a different way while John was insisting that their daughters would come back to them reincarnated. Mm-hmm. And according to John, the day his daughters died, he received a vision from them. I guess he had like when they had died after they had gotten the news, he sensed their spirits in the house and they gave him this vision that kind of put this idea of reincarnation in his mind. Oh, interesting. And it was said that he like spent a lot of time up in this room. I mean, it was really hard, I think, for everyone in the family and the community to really help any of them process. And they were all processing in their own way. So when John was telling people all of this, they were just kind of like, that's his way of coping. That's what he needs to do or that's what he needs to believe. Who's to say anything else? Mm -hmm. So Florence, like I said, was absolutely against it. She just couldn't believe – she didn't believe in reincarnation. It just wasn't something that she had ever believed existed. So she just – it was – the two of them weren't seeing eye to eye and they weren't moving on in the same way. So despite the conflict and despite the pain, the couple stayed together. And not too long after the accident, Florence became pregnant. So again, John is becoming obsessed with this idea that his daughters are going to be reincarnated. So he's like, Florence is pregnant with twins. I know that Jacqueline and Joanna are going to be reincarnated. But the doctor is doing all his checks on Florence when she's pregnant and only hears one heartbeat. So he's like, there's only one child. And twins don't even run in the family. So the chances of Florence giving birth to twins was very, very low. But, and I'm sure everyone knows where this is going, (laughs) given the topic of this episode. On October 4th of 1958, Florence Pollock, Florence Pollock gave birth to identical twin girls, and they named them Jillian and Jennifer. As if this wasn't already a miracle. I mean, the doctor thought that she was giving birth to one baby. Twins did not run in the family. These twins, Jillian and Jennifer, had, although they were identical twins, they had different birthmarks, which is considered highly unusual. And Jennifer had a small birthmark on her left hip 
that looked oddly similar to the birthmark that their daughter Jacqueline, the six-year-old daughter who had died, had. Jennifer also had a birthmark on her forehead that almost identically matched a scar that Jacqueline had had on her forehead before she died. Wow. So when Jacqueline was three years old, she had fallen into a bucket, opening a small gash on her forehead over her right eye. So their newborn daughter, Jennifer, this birthmark is in the exact same spot and was a near perfect match to the scar that Jacqueline had. I mean, that's what they say, right? Like this is sort of the telltale sign of reincarnation. It's having some sort of birthmark in the place yeah. that someone previously had or where an injury was yes. incurred or or like oftentimes the site of what was a fatal wound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess Jillian had a birthmark on like a different side of her body that was similar to a birthmark or a marking that Joanna had when she was alive. So these are small coincidences. And like, you know, already Corinne and I, we were, we buy in easily to everything. So we're in. But... <laughs> But it's proof. It's proof. It's true. (laughs) It must be true. But these were small coincidences and it could have been written off, but it got even more intense. As Jennifer and Jillian grew up, it became more and more clear that they were indeed Jacqueline and Joanna reincarnated. When the twins were just nine months old, the Pollock family moved from Hexham, where Jacqueline and Joanna had grown up, to Bexley Bay, England. So, and then just as reference, everyone knows, it's believed that Jennifer was Jacqueline reincarnated and that Jillian was Joanna reincarnated. And remember, Joanna used to mother Jacqueline. The twins seemed to follow that exact same pattern despite being identical twins. Jillian would mother Jennifer. What's more is that they were both drawn to the toys that belonged to their respective reincarnated selves. Jillian was drawn to toys that belonged to Joanna and Jennifer was drawn to toys that were Jacqueline's. They'd even call them by names that Joanna and Jacqueline had given them. And there was like one instance where I guess John had brought out a doll that Santa had given to the girls, Joanna and Jacqueline, before they had died. And Jillian and Jennifer looked at the dolls and were like, oh, these were gifts from Santa, which was something that they would never have known unless, of course, they were Joanna and Jacqueline reincarnated. Okay, forget the birthmarks. This is the proof right here. Yes. The fact that they are not just – okay, also (laughs) gravitating to different toys aside, the fact that they – know that Santa gave those toys and the fact that they call certain toys by the exact same nicknames, that seems impossible, doesn't it? Yes. Yes. And it's not like his, it's not like the parents, I mean, it's possible, but in the version of the story that I'm going to believe that the parents never told them any of these things. It was like they were naturally drawn to these things and said things about the dolls that only Joanna and Jacqueline would have known. Right. And I think too, thinking about kids, And granted, I don't have kids, (laughs) but from my observations of children and from remembering being a child, I feel like if my parent were trying to push a certain selection of toys onto me and push a certain selection of toys onto like just my brother, that wouldn't fly. So like I can't imagine that it would be basically that these parents were just like kind of subconsciously giving one child the toys versus the other, trying to like make them the reincarnates because kids will fight over the toys. Like I want what you have. Yeah. And that's, that's it. (laughs) And keep in mind also Florence was a little bit like opposed to the idea of reincarnation and she didn't really believe in it. And as these things are happening, as 
Jillian and Jennifer are growing up, she starts to believe in it because it just all adds up. There's more. So, okay, remember how I said the Pollock family and the twins left Hexham when the twins were nine months old? But also, let me just mm-hmm. ask you, do you remember anything from when you were nine months old? Not at all. No. My first memory is at like four. Mine's like at 12. Yeah, exactly. So when the girls are about three years old, the Pollock family goes back to visit Hexham, a place that Jennifer and Jillian should have no recollection of. But they recognized it. They started like leading the way towards a park and they were talking about going to these swings that they loved, which they never would have known unless they were Joanna and Jacqueline reincarnated. They also talked about the school as if they had attended it and they had memories of Hexham that did not belong to them. The memories (gasps) belonged to Jacqueline and Joanna. Oh, I have chills. What? On top of all of that, the twins from an early age had an inexplicable inexplicable fear of cars. They would often, when a car was coming by, they would run and hide and they would say, the car, the car, it's coming for us. Oh, that's so sad. It's so sad. It's so sad that that trauma is like still embedded within their soul and that they can't. I mean, how could you? Like what a horrible, tragic death, you know? Yeah. This is like Brian Weiss's book, Many Lives, Many Masters. You know, bringing people back through hypnosis therapy to previous lives to to solve or or treat their different traumas and fears, Mm -hmm. phobias. Okay. Florence once overheard her daughters discussing the accident. So this is Jillian and Jennifer. She hears Jillian and Jennifer, the twins, discussing the accident that Jacqueline and Joanna had died in. The accident, the details of which the twins were never in any way able to know. And well, also, why would you tell a, right. a young child right. this horrifying graphic details of your older siblings dying? And not only like that, there are details that like no one would have known except for Joanna and Jacqueline who experienced it. So Florence saw Jillian once touch Jennifer's head and say, the blood's coming out of your eyes. That's where the car hit you. Oh, my God. Which is truly, even like John and Florence wouldn't ever know that. Yeah. Oh, this is just so sad because like they're siblings and they're trying to take care of each other, but also are, you know, stating their own observations of something horrible that previously happened to them. Yes. Apparently also when they would discuss the accident, they would talk about it in the present as if like reliving the experience, which is interesting because it feels like then that meant that they were, it's almost like a residual feeling that they kept having. Yeah. Yeah. Which maybe here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking back to, again, like many lives, many masters Mm -hmm. is the base of my of my uh, commentary <laughs> in this episode. But when we think about children and their openness to the spiritual world, typically it's thought that like once a child hits, you know, five, six years old, that they become less open and that right. maybe they don't see their imaginary friend or the house ghost or have these memories of past lives. So I wonder if this is an example of that, that like people who are reincarnated can feel those things and connect them but as they get older they the the connection blurs and then it just becomes this strange phobia that you don't know yeah. why you're afraid of cars you don't yeah know why this or or that feeling comes to you so often it is just so fascinating to me because and, and specifically about this case and in something you and I have even talked about is this is reincarnation so um, almost immediately after their death and they're brought mm-hmm. back to, together. Like they're clearly traveling souls. It's so interesting because it's like – And to the same parents. To the same parents. They're in the same family. Like it almost is 
it to me, I can imagine for the spirits of Jacqueline and Joanna, like the, the souls, it's confusing because it's like they know that they were in this horrible accident, but then they're back with the same family and they remember everything. And it's almost I imagine it's confusing for them to feel like, oh, but they're not Jacqueline and Joanna anymore. You, know, I, I don't know if I'm explaining right. that properly, but I imagine it's like a confusing yeah. place to be mentally for these these souls. Right. It does make me wonder too, like what's happening on the back end, like wherever the souls go before they're reincarnated. What's happening? Was there was there some just like newbie soul matcher who was just like, it doesn't matter. Let's just, that was too soon. Let's just throw them in. It's fine. Yeah. Don't worry about it. There's going to be no negative consequences here. They'll be okay. Just put them back with the same parents. I mean, that's the biggest question of it all is like, how does reincarnation work? Who makes the decision of when someone is reincarnated? How soon after their death? And and the decision of where they go? You know, there's just so many questions that I have. And like, is it up to the souls? That's a good question too. Themselves. Okay. I have a couple more examples of why people are like, this is even more reason to think that Jillian and Jennifer were Jacqueline and Joanna reincarnated. So also like their elder sisters, the twins like to comb people's hair, especially their dads, John's. And Jillian was way more sociable and generous with other children and showed the same early interest in like acting and costumes and performance the way that Joanna had. She also seemed more mature than her twin sister, despite being the identical age. And then on top of that, when Jacqueline and Joanna were alive, Florence used to wear a smock while helping her husband with the milk delivery business. But soon after her daughter's death, she quit and then never wore that smock again. But when the twins were about four, John put the smock on while he was painting. And Jennifer looks at him and goes, why are you wearing mommy's coat? (gasps) And. And then I guess like Jillian didn't recognize the smock and Jennifer kept getting mad at her twin sister. Like, why do you not recognize it? But John and Florence believe that because Joanna, who was the older deceased sister, was at school when her mom worked on the delivery stuff, she never actually saw the smock. So when Jillian was like, I don't recognize it, it was because her past life had never seen it. Oh, that's so interesting. Which even adds even more. Right. Right. And I, I... I have to imagine that like hearing those little comments as a parent and it's all like you're not vocalizing to your child. Hey, I think you're the reincarnate right. of your older dead sibling. Well, I but do you, think they, but they started in the back to, of your mind. You do think they said it to them? Yeah. So uh, I guess because as they got older, they were like, we don't really like know, but we believe our parents and like their version of the story and like what they because they were so young when this all was happening, you know? Right. And then interesting. Yeah. I mean, yes, it's hard. So but apparently when Jillian and Jennifer turned five, they lost pretty much all memory of their past lives and went on to live normal lives. But there was a guy, Ian Stevenson, who had heard of their story and decided to research and like meet them. This was 1963, I believe. Um, He investigated the case and the twins were four at the time. He met them, interviewed them and the family. And he was like doing some scientific research and DNA makeup research just based on the fact that they were identical twins. Like how could they have different birthmarks and all of these things that didn't really add up and he couldn't make sense of it. So he wrote a book uh, about them and some other children who remember their past lives. It's called Children Who Remember Their Past Lives. And it was published in 1987 and the Pollock twins case was one of his most substantial pieces of evidence to support reincarnation. I guess the twins went on to live a very normal life. They stayed in touch with Ian. 
They said that they accepted their parents' belief that they were their elder sisters reincarnated, but were like mildly skeptical about it. Hmm. But then in 1981, Jillian experienced apparently some inner visions, as she called them, in which she saw herself playing in a sand pit with her brothers. And when she described the house, the garden, and everything, it matched the house that the family had lived in. When Joanna, the one who had died, was around four years old, Jillian had never been to that house. Whoa. Okay, I believe. <laughs> like that. That's wild. Yeah. I mean, for that to just come up and resurface, I guess the only way to like debunk that is like, could there have been a moment where – her parents showed her pictures right. of that place and she just didn't remember. And then her subconscious like brought it up years and years later. But just, I mean, we're not here to disprove things. No. <laughs> we're here. We're here to believe. We're baby. here to believe. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, it's interesting because it's like, I, I I just wish that they still remembered, but they don't. I mean, and I guess this is the one thing that people have said against the case is that a lot of the encounters of the girls talking about their past lives happen with just the parents mm. so it's like there's no there's no one outside of the family to really confirm that they said all these things but i believe it i think and this the vision that jillian had when she's older i mean that's that seems pretty substantial too right and also i feel like there's the cases of many other witnesses being involved in children making reincarnation remarks is is pretty slim yeah because for the most part kids just will say it at random yeah. there's no like precursor conversation right. build up to ooh, they're about to tell us something yeah like, it just happens and so the people that spend the most time with those kids are the ones that that hear and mm -hmm. witness it yeah so i think that makes sense yeah either way it's incredible and i like if it if it was fully reincarnation then like i mean I, I, again like i just go back to what we were just talking about moments before about how how does reincarnation work and who makes the decision how do you how do people come back when why is there like i just have yeah i'm so curious right the soul is so interesting it yeah it really is i don't really have an answer i know okay I, I, I feel like everything that i'm about to say i could then say another against sentence it, that, yeah that could yeah argue against it so We'll just have to know. wait and find out. We really need past life readings now. Ugh. And to practice some regression therapy. I know. Figure out where we were. Were we twins, Sabrina? Were we? This is fascinating. The Pollock twins. Wow. Yeah. So that's that's the story. That's the Pollock twins. That's the story. I mean, I believe and I agree that this is a very convincing <laughs> case. We have been so. convinced. We were convinced Great before we even heard the story. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I was like, great. I already know this is reincarnation. <laughs> Perfect. I believe. I believe. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. Alrighty, here we go. Yeek! Reincarnation, the second story. <laughs> Princess Diana. No. <laughs> what? Hearing that name, just like you did, I can guarantee so many other people just squealed and said, what? Because everybody knows who I'm talking about. Princess Diana of Wales was everything to so many people. She was a part of the British royal family. She was heir to the throne and the mother to Prince William and Prince Harry. But she was also an activist, a global figure, a style icon, a wonderful mom, and a vibrant and playful person. And someone who just, quite frankly, didn't really abide by the rules of the royal family, which we all very much love to witness and respect. Yeah, happening now, right now. Yep. Wow, happening now, right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Happening now, right now. <laughs> Happening now, right now. What am I like sitting on a the porch outside with my straw in my mouth? <laughs> <laughs> You're getting ready for Texas, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Someone help me. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, despite Princess Diana's dislike of the paparazzi, she was often in the public's eye. And unfortunately, she often found herself and her family in the royals' drama spread across the front pages of gossip columns. But despite all of that, and despite all of the drama, she had a huge following of fans. Everybody loved her. Everybody still loves her. And still today, people lovingly refer to her as Lady Di. And people who weren't even alive at the time that she was still speak her name with such warmth. Mm -hmm. So she had such a great, wonderful, positive impact on Earth and, and left this lasting energy. And for a long time, the world grieved when she did pass because on August 31st, 1997, Diana was traveling in Paris, followed by cars with paparazzi. And while driving under the tunnel rather quickly, the driver of her car lost control of the car and it crashed. Both the driver, Henry Paul, and the film producer, Dottie Fade died at the scene, and Princess Diana and her bodyguard Trevor Reese Jones survived the initial crash, but then Princess Diana later died in the hospital, I believe, from internal bleeding. It's so horrible. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah. And yeah, this shocked the world. I mean, she was only 36 years old when she passed away. And she left behind two sons and and left behind billions of people who looked up to her. Yeah. Her funeral was watched by 2.5 billion people. My gosh. That's so many people. That's wow. 2.5 billion. That's like the third a third of the world. Oh my gosh. This that's what the internet told me. So that's the number I'm given. I believe it. I mean she was so loved. Yes. So the car accident itself has brought on many conspiracy theories which I'm not going to go into here. But <laughs> I was I like, will, ooh, a two-for-one conspiracies and reincarnation. Nah, I, I would need seven hours to go <laughs> in, into that. But what we are talking about is the possibility that Princess Diana's soul is back on Earth. But this time, 
living as a little boy in Australia named Billy Campbell. So now six years old, Billy. So this is recent. This is like I was going to say, how have I never heard of this? I know. I know. So Billy's now six years old. And when he was young, pretty much from the time that he was two years old and, and could start speaking words, he started to talk about this past life that he had. And his parents, Lisa and David, were really shocked when they started discovering that Billy knew things about Princess Diana in her life that were never discussed with him. And they live in Australia. His dad is a TV personality and actually did like write an article on all the comments that Billy was, oh. was making at home, which kind of like skyrocketed this story and the possibility of this being right. reincarnation a few years ago. So maybe still feels a little gossip columnist, but regardless, let's dive in. So <laughs> Billy, he has a twin sister, Betty, which is funny that we both have twins in our stories. Yeah. But but Betty, for, for all we know, does not remember her past life. But Billy has a twin sister, Betty, and he has an older brother, Leo, who is five years older than both him and Betty. And neither of these kids have any connection or interest to Princess Diana. It's only Billy. And also, why would they? Like, they're children. They live in Australia. Yeah. Princess Diana died 25 years ago. And the parents never talk about it. They don't have any memorabilia. Like, they don't talk about the royal family. Right. There's no home. reason for them to. Yeah. To two-year-olds? Yeah. They don't. But this all sort of started when Billy's mom received a card that had Princess Diana on it. And Billy's two at the time. And he sees the card and he points and he goes, look, it's me when I was a princess. And so David oh. and Lisa are like, ha ha, that's silly. What a goofy little comment from our two-year-old, like hearty har har, you know, just silly goofy mood. Like it, it, it's nothing serious because remember, they have no connection right. to the yes. royal family. Like why would they ever think that this was a thing? So they were just like, oh, that's funny. That's odd. But then as Billy got older, he continued to make comments like this. He saw a photo of Prince Harry and Prince William, and he referred to them as my boys. So he pointed at them and was like, ah, oh, my boys. And his dad, David, asks what he means by that. He was like, what do you mean, my boys? And Billy <laughs> rephrases and he goes, my sons. Oh. As if he didn't get it the first time. And he's time. like two. Yeah. I mean, he's only six now. So right. all of this happened with between two and six. Wow. I feel kind of weird talking about a six-year-old who's like alive today. And call it insane when he was younger. <laughs> And when he was younger, <laughs> back in his day. <laughs> okay, so now being a little bit skeptical and thinking that this is uh, just maybe a strange phase that their child is going through, David and Lisa, they don't really encourage it, but they also don't – they don't discourage it. Like They let him talk. They let him say the comments. Mm -hmm. And then they start asking some follow-up questions because they're like – you know, we are a little skeptical. Like, what does he mean? How does he know these things? So they're trying to not ask him leading questions, but they right. are trying to, when he says something, just ask like one or two more questions to see, you know, what comes of this strange comment from Billy <laughs> and see if he's actually related to Lady Di or is Lady Di. So a few of Billy's statements have made it seem impossible for this to just be a coincidence. David asked Billy who else was in his family when he was a princess, other than his sons, his boys. Mm -hmm. And Billy said, I have brothers and sisters. I have a brother called John. And the parents are like, okay, we know Lady Diana's family. Like, she does not have a brother named John. Like, we know the royals. And so they look up and they are shocked because, to their disbelief, Billy was right. 
So a year uh-huh. before Princess Diana was born, so she wasn't even born yet, she had an older brother, John. So John was born a year before Princess Diana, uh-huh. but then he sadly passed as an infant. Which makes me then think, okay, oh, wow, I just got chills. Because if if this boy Billy is Diana reincarnated, that means that like maybe she spent time with the spirit of John, her brother who died before she was yeah. even born, on the other side. And like the two of them caught up. Right, right. I know, because I feel like there's so much known about Princess Diana's life. So it's interesting. Well, I guess people did know because I mean, forget what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm all, I'm saying stuff and then I'm crossing it out in my mind. <laughs> forget that. Revising um, on the spot. Yeah. Yeah. It is really interesting. But this isn't the only thing that Billy has identified correctly. So Lisa and David, his Billy's parents, got together with one of their Scottish friends, and Billy blurted out that when he was Princess Diana, he used to go to a castle in that kilted wonderland. He called it kilted wonderland. I that's what these many articles oh my gosh. made it seem like. Yeah. And so then the guy's like, which castle, Billy? And Billy's like, well, it had unicorns on it, and it was called Balmoral. And so now, extra curious, they start putting Billy to the test. So they collect several photos, and this is this is like a couple of years ago, so mm-hmm. they probably pulled up the pictures on their phones. Right. So they grab a few photos of different castles, and they ask Billy which one he's talking about. And without hesitation, like immediately, as a young child in Australia – who is not a part of the royal family and never knew anything about this, he points at the real Balmoral Castle. Oh. And Princess Diana did go here. She went to Balmoral Castle because this was the queen's Christmas home, and so they spent time there. Wow. this child is identifying places he's never been to. You know, it's details of Diana's life and her, her own personal family life outside of the royals that even his parents didn't know, and he doesn't seem very shy about sharing what he does know. So one time, Lisa showed Billy another photo of Princess Diana. So now she's like, okay, I'm going to see what else he says. I'm kind of like testing the waters here. So she shows him a picture of Princess Diana just to see if something will come up. And little Billy, he looks at the photo (laughs) and he responded, that's me as a princess. Then one day the sirens came and I wasn't a princess (gasps) anymore. Oh my gosh, chills. And then the sirens came. It's so wild because it's like... He's communicating, like, with such knowledge, but also in a childish way. So it's like... Yes. To the best of his ability in his child body. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And then the sirens came, and I wasn't a princess anymore. (sighs) Wow. And Lily and David, they said, like, in in all their interviews and articles, they were like, yeah, we're not downplaying that statement. That was a stop in your track (laughs) statement. That freaked us out. (laughs) Wow. So... They're they're curious about about Billy and and what he's going to say and he's six so it, statements could continue, but one interesting thing that I, I want to note is that while all of this seems incredibly accurate and that Billy is definitely like a reincarnate or possible reincarnate of mm-hmm. Lady Diana, there's one thing that Billy said that makes me not question the authenticity, but question like what's actually going on hmm. in terms of his soul and and what's happening just like in the spiritual realm. Because when he was a, a baby, so basically probably like around the time he was like two, mm-hmm. he had a night where he really wasn't sleeping well. And this was, this was past a few Princess Diana comments. So his parents were already kind of like, what's going on? And so his mom goes in, Lisa goes in and she asks him why he can't sleep. 
And he responded with, because they come and take me. (gasps) And she said, who takes you? And then Billy points his little finger to his bedroom ceiling and he says, they do, but they bring me back by morning. Oh, oh my gosh. I have full on chills. Is it that freaky? So now I'm wondering, like, does Billy's body share? Like, does he have his own soul and he's sharing his body with the soul of Princess Diana who just like comes and goes in and out of the body each night? Or are these aliens? And Or are they aliens? Aliens decide about reincarnation. Oh, maybe. <laughs> maybe it's just like a test run. Oh, my gosh. It's interesting. And so there's a – in Queensland, Australia, there's a psychic, Peter Williams, who's pretty famous. And he gave a statement to a magazine inquiring about the possibility of Philly being mm-hmm. Princess Diana when this – was all over the news a few years ago. And Peter said, quote, what usually happens when we have these instances of reincarnation, there's usually a reason for it and something left over. There's usually a level of trauma where they wish to come through and explain. And Mm -hmm. so now we're kind of left wondering, will Billy continue to remember his life as Princess Diana as he gets older? And is there something if he is Princess Diana reincarnated, is there something that she's going to try to share with the world? Interesting. Is that is that why? Or is it just like there are still things that she wanted to do and it won't necessarily mm. be Diana coming through, but it's the soul that needs to do something good or, you know, right. give yeah, back true. in a way. True. This was an interesting one for me to do and I felt kind of – I almost felt kind of bad doing it because it feels so fresh <laughs> still. But isn't that fun? I mean – yeah. You're not like you're not throwing shade, you're not doing you're just like telling what's already been told. True. True. I'm just going off of yeah, the article that has already been published by a family member. Yeah. And father of exactly. Billy. So, you're sharing their story. For some reason it feels so close to home and I'm like, "Wait, I don't know this person. I don't know Princess <laughs> Diana." Like <laughs> It's just interesting cuz like the kid is so young. Yeah. Yeah, it's happening now. Yeah. Normally we're we're reading stuff that happened, you know, 30, 40, 50, 150 years yeah, ago. Yeah, years ago. So this does feel very, very recent. Fine. It's, Let's get it's Billy. Live. Let's get Billy on the show. Come on, Billy. Join us. Wow. Have have. We'll call your parents. Yeah. <laughs> you guys can have a family <laughs> call in. There's like, I mean, I'm almost as, I'm so interested in the Diana stuff, but I'm almost like just as, if not more interested in like, who are these beings that live on Taking. the ceiling yes yes and, and what him. an odd thing to say for like he he was a baby yeah like, he, he was like a toddler oh my gosh because they take me Who this is why kids are so creepy and you never you, i don't know i don't know I, i'm excited to have him one day but i'm also terrified of them oh my god i know and you know what's crazy too is that just the thought of like him having a difficult time sleeping and being kind of fussy and how many how many children are just kind of like agitated when things like that happen. But it's not necessarily like, like I picture if an alien came through my ceiling every single night <laughs> to get me, that I would be screaming my bloody head off. Right. But but it's just like, ugh, I'm annoyed. I don't want them to come. I'm a little nervous. I'm I on edge. I'm agitated. Yeah. I'm just an agitated baby. I'm just an agitated baby. <laughs> <laughs> With a very well- known vocabulary yeah well we'll see will billy have the natural i know sense to become a style icon in australia (laughs) then i will know truly this is princess diana wow 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. All right, well, now to hear reincarnation stories from our listeners. Okay, so this is from our listener, Olivia, and it's called Nephew Remembers the Titanic. <laughs> what? Ladies, this is about my nephew who's currently five. I'm not 100% convinced it's a full-on reincarnation story or what, He's never claimed to have had an identity or a name from a past life or even remember much else about a time before. Just the Titanic. He knows everything about this ship, down to each minute detail. What? This kid came out of the womb knowing about and talking about the Titanic. Things that a normal two-year-old, which was when he started bringing it up, wouldn't even dream about knowing, like how many smokestacks there were or that the binoculars weren't in the crow's nest, which is why they crashed. He had never seen a picture or a book about the ship when he started bringing it up. So it all started with a Lego set. He built a large square one one day and told my sister, look, it's the Titanic. She was shook. How random is that? None of us had ever had a conversation, let alone brought up the Titanic around him watched the movie with him in the room, or read a story or book about it, nothing. This knowledge came straight from his brain, and my sister just let it pass and thought, well, that's weird, but moved on. I also feel like Titanic is kind of a hard word to say for a two-year-old. Two yeah. But then my nephew built an iceberg, and my sister realized that this was not ordinary. As the weeks went on, he brought up the Titanic daily. His go-to Lego build was the Titanic, the iceberg, and a lifeboat. None of us had really engaged too much on the topic, as we kind of wanted to see where it would go or how much he would say about it on his own. I'm a super spooky person, so my mind immediately <laughs> went to reincarnation, but my sister wasn't fully convinced. At around three, he started daycare, and the Titanic talk ebbed a little bit. He still wore his favorite t-shirt with the Titanic on it as much as he could, <laughs> but it didn't get brought up for a while. That makes me sad that he was getting bullied in school, that he doesn't feel comfortable talking about his favorite topic. Well, he wasn't, we don't know that he wasn't getting, we don't know that he was getting bullied. Okay. Yeah. Maybe he just was introduced to many other topics. Yeah. He's, it's his first time in school. There's lots of kids. He's playing. He's, yeah, he's still wearing okay. his shirt when he can. 
Okay. Thank you, Sabrina. Yeah. My heart shattered into a million pieces thinking that that's what happened. For a second, I was like, did I read that he got bullied? Because I don't remember reading that. <laughs> no, I like, just – Did I just say something that I don't I just know? assumed. I made huge oh, leaps. Oh, yes. Yes. No. I, I hope that's not the case. Yeah, me too. That's not where my mind, my mind went. Okay. So when he was about four, it all came back up again. He started conversations by saying things like, did you know eight people died when they were making the Titanic? Or – they really should have had more lifeboats. Pieces of information that no four-year-old really should know or care to retain. We were on a car ride to the beach one day, and my curiosity got the best of me. He brought up the ship in his normal fashion, so I asked him, were you on the boat? And he looked me square in the eye and said, no, but I remember when it was built. I read it in the newspaper. Collecting myself, I asked, did you know anyone who was on it when it sank? And he said, no, but I know that ghosts aren't in the water anymore because it's much too cold for them. Oh. <gasps> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> this is a piece of information I was not expecting to receive. <laughs> My sister and I just sat there in silence as he munched on Cheerios, completely oblivious <laughs> to the fact that he had just dropped major philosophical truth bombs on us. My sister insisted that I let it go and leave him alone. He still <laughs> brings up the ship every once in a while and even had a Titanic-themed birthday party for his fifth birthday. Oh, my god! The whole thing is just super odd. I personally believe in reincarnation, and to think that a new soul is created each time anything is born is just absurd in my mind. I don't know what happens between when we die and come back, but I fully believe pieces of souls are recycled. Somehow, someone that was alive during the early 1900s got brought back and mixed in with my nephew's soul, keeping their memories of the Titanic alive. He never claimed to have a name or know anything else about that time period, just the Titanic. I'm super curious if he'll maintain these memories and knowledge as he starts school and gets older. I'm kind of sad thinking he'll lose his magical part of himself growing up, but who really knows? Life is a weird, weird thing. Thanks for listening to my story. See you on the other side, or maybe even on this side if we all get reincarnated. Olivia. <laughs> okay. Wait, I love this. I know. He's basically just a re – like, he's a historian. He's I just know. a Titanic enthusiast reincarnated. He just loves bringing it. bringing their hobby to their next life. Yeah. Like, he remembered reading about it and when it was being built. Yeah, so. That makes me think that in his past life, he was reading about the Titanic and yes. was like, whoa, what is this? And then it just sparked this, like, lifelong obsession yeah. about all facts about the Titanic. Like, the fact that at two years old, he's talking about how many, where the binoculars were or weren't, and then how many, like, right. steam shafts, sha whatever they're, shacks? Yeah, it's all stacks. 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 Like, yeah, he just – he loved the Titanic in a past life. That is so funny. This is reminding me of, you know, The Good Place? Yeah, of course. The TV show and how Chidi is just so obsessed with philosophy and philosophers. It makes me think like if Chidi were reincarnated, that's – a two-year-old would come out and start talking about like <laughs> Kant and stuff, you know? Like this is that example. But for this person that once lived when the Titanic was being yeah. built, this was this was this their is thing. This his thing. And I love that I love that he had a birthday party and that he has a t shirt. I know. <laughs> like, it's so cute. Maybe it really will stick. Because they seem to be while while it sounds like his mom isn't necessarily like and actively encouraging it or seeking out Titanic facts. It sounds like she's not discouraging it and she's letting him celebrate the thing that yeah. he enjoys, which is 
The Titanic, Titanic facts. Okay, so this email was sent in 2019. So I'm curious. Uh, when we respond, we should follow up and be like, does he still oh, okay. talk so, about yeah, it? Because so it's been a couple of years. He's seven or eight yeah. now, depending on when his birthday is. Yeah. A lot can change in those years with <gasps> with children that, and memories. Right. That's the rough patch where yeah, people yeah. spiritually lose the ability sometimes to see spirits or to remember mm-hmm. past lives. So yeah. Isn't that interesting? I wonder why it is. Like do we just go to school and school just I don't know. Kills yeah. us. Do you start just <laughs> making it kills us? Does he start making new memories? I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, it's only so much space in my own brain, so I can't even imagine recalling. I'm with you on that. I know earlier when you were like, oh, my first memories from when I was 12, I was thinking about it and I was like, I do have memories from being younger, but they're really odd. And it's not a long memory. It's like a five second blip. Mm. It's like me taking the milk off of the counter. Oh, that's so or interesting. getting handed a kaleidoscope when my brother was born. Oh. Or like brush it, learning to br- like watching someone braid a doll's hair for the first time. Like it's the most random so little specific. like, here's three seconds and here's three seconds and here's three seconds. Yeah. It's really specific. Interesting. Because we had this conversation, Nick and I, the other night of like, what are, he has so many early memories and I have none. And I even think my memory nowadays, like I'm worried about myself. I need to get my brain checked because <laughs> I don't remember things like, at all. Like I have a really, like sometimes I have a hard time no realizing if something was like a dream or if it happened in real life and Wait, I have that same problem though. Yes, it's weird. You and I have talked about this because we both were like, what is memory? Yeah. The other day. It's not real to me apparently. But anyway, then we were talking about how I feel like so many of my memories from or what I could what some people or what I could think is a memory are probably from from photographs or seeing a photo of my parents telling me about that day. It's not like a real memory. Yes. Yeah. No, I totally understand that. I I question myself with certain memories like that too. And I will say, here's one thing that's going to only add confusion to it because like you just said that sometimes you have a hard time between what's memory and what's a dream. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I have the same problem because I have really realistic dreams with the people in my current life. Yes. And it's like somewhat of a matching timeline. Yeah. But when I was younger, I had this really, really – well, here's the thing. My parents told me it was a dream. But I thought it was a genuine memory for years from being left in an L.L. Bean when I was five years old and wandering around. And like this lady picked me up at the front desk and and I was crying and she like literally picked me up. And I looked out the window and I saw my mom like get into the car and go drive off, which in my memory, like she had left me in the car and I was supposed to stay in the car. And so she didn't realize that I wasn't in the car and like drove off with my brother. Oh. Um, And she walked me around to like every like small, dark haired, curly, curly haired lady in L.L. Bean being like, is this your mom? Is this your mom? Oh my gosh. No, no. And my mom coming back like 60 seconds And that's like a very intense memory for you to hold on to. Yes. And when I was in high school, we had to write a paper on like a vivid memory. And I wrote it on that. And I had my mom proofread it. And she's like, what is this? <laughs> Apparently, never happened. Wow. Isn't that wild? Is that like, maybe it was, like it you, was a part was, of my life that I was carrying for like – Yeah. That's one of your core Seven islands. years. What if that means that like we're slipping into like our other dimensions and like because we're accessing so many of other our other dimensions, like our current life is we're having a hard time retaining. Oh, are we just unknowingly jumping timelines a lot? And that's why we can't really. Is that why I'm always tired? Distinguish between, yeah, what is, what actually happened, where and when? 
Help. I don't know. We got to jump. You got to jump to the timeline where your memory is spectacular and you have a lot of energy. That's that's all I that's all I that's not asking for much, (laughs) is it? No, I don't think so. Please. uh, This is from Joelle. Listening to your reincarnation episode, and I thought I should share my daughter's story with you. She's currently eight, and when she was little, just starting to talk, she could talk before she could walk. She used to tell us, you're better than my old mom. I love you more than my old mom. Oh. As she got older and more articulate, this became more and more evident that she was talking about a previous life. So here's her story from her. She says... When I was here before mom, I was a boy. My mom and dad were really naughty and mean. They didn't love me. And my grandmama tried to take me home with her, but my mom wouldn't let her. And they put me under the floor and it was so cold and dark and I was so scared and hungry. But no matter how much I cried or shouted, they never came. I could hear them, but they just ignored me. And then one day a door appeared and it was a white door so bright And I went through, and then I was here with you, Mom. And the light told me not to be scared because you were a good mom. And I knew when I heard your voice that you were a kind and good mom. Oh. The light stayed with me in your tummy, Mommy. And so now Joelle says, I was told when I was 16 that I couldn't have kids or carry them to term. I suffered one miscarriage early in our marriage, and I got told again just weeks before I fell pregnant that... I would never carry to term and that they couldn't understand scientifically how I fell pregnant in the first place. Then I fell pregnant, I carried to term, and turned 40 on her due date. We got told by many midwives, oh, she's an old soul. Oh, look at her eyes. She's been here before. Oh, Oh, this isn't her (gasps) first time around. Oh, I just got chills. A few years ago, my granny passed in a different city from us, and I was at my grand's bedside with her that day. And my daughter and husband were elsewhere. My daughter turned to my husband, her dad, and said, Nana is here to say goodbye. I phoned them about 20 minutes after she made this comment to my husband to tell them that my gran had passed. My daughter says she sees orbs and spirits to this day, and I believe her. We're from Scotland, and we live in Scotland, and we are haunted AF. (laughs) As a family, we believe in the paranormal, and both of my grannies used to tell us a ton of stories. We've had so many experiences. Also, listening now to Encounters 94, my daughter also has a birthmark, a very large, elongated oval shape on her lower tummy and a small oval one on her upper back. When she was little, she would say, oh, that's when I got stabbed by a spear. What? See you on the other side, Joelle. (laughs) Okay, Joelle, your daughter has been through, sounds like horrible, so, such sad past lives. I know, a few of them are coming forward here. So glad that she's with you now and that she's happier and not living under a floorboard. Oh my gosh. I know, it's so sad. It's so sad because, yeah, I mean, and just the fact that she said that she was ignored and then eventually saw this door open. Like, you essentially know that she was ignored to the point of starvation and death that's so sad but then it's it's interesting because the way that drell's daughter explains the story it does make me think like the reincarnation was almost instantaneous or is that just like how memory works for soul like once you die the next memory you have is or that you're able to retain is like the light and rebirth oh interesting because in my mind when i first read it i was like oh Does that mean that Joelle's daughter went from this horrible death to then immediately going to be in her womb? Yeah. 
I don't know. I don't know because I feel like there are well, – well, I guess we can use me for an example. Like I made a comment insinuating that I had once been somewhere prior to being born and I wanted to go back to this like afterlife place to my mom mm. when I was three and I freaked her out. <laughs> and I feel like there As are other instances <laughs> where people do remember some sort of like in between. But you're right. For the most part, it seems to jump from life to life. And so whether – but but also like what is time? You know, like maybe we're we're seeing sometimes it be, you know, a couple years or 40 years or 100 years between people's reincarnations. But what if in this place that souls go in this like wrinkle in time, what if it really is just a moment? <laughs> I, <laughs> I want to watch Interstellar tonight. Dude, yeah. I'm in the mood. Honestly, we might need to. Wow. Help us grasp it a little bit more, maybe. It's very hard to, but it's so Man. fascinating. It it really is. It's one is. of my favorite topics because it really does – it's one of those ones that like brings up almost more questions than you had in the beginning. And you can just spiral. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then there's so many stories, like we said in the very beginning. Like I just love reading. We have so many emails of people who have – stories about reincarnation or like loved ones that they feel like have been reincarnated in their lives in different ways whether it's human or animal i I remember seeing a bunch of animal related ones Mm. like people coming back as a bird or different things you know what we should do i know that we obviously are just doing the reincarnation episode so maybe we'll space it out a little bit but sometimes every once in a while we'll do like a themed encounters Mm. we should we should put one oh, that's on a schedule for like a few months out to just do a reincarnation encounters episode. Yeah. Oh, we should do a green room like that too. Oh, I'm down. Okay. Love it. I'm always – the thing about green room is I always have this hesitation when we create a theme that no one will have an experience for that theme. And I'm always wrong. There's always yeah. so many people who are like, oh, I have a story. I have an experience. Let me tell you. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. So fun. Well <sighs> – you guys can join us here every Sunday. We post episodes every Sunday. And you can also join us live on Spotify's app, Green Room, under the name Campfire Stories. And that's every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, where you can come on stage, read the chat, join us live. Share your stories with us. Yes. So many places to share your stories, both here for the podcast at Two Girls, One Ghost podcast at gmail.com and also live with us on Campfire Stories. There are also so many other ways to support us. You can rate and review us on iTunes. You can buy merch. You can join Patreon. You can follow us on social media. Follow our social media if you want to see what we're doing in Austin. It will be fun. We're excited. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some TikTok ideas, video ideas. And, <laughs> and yes. uh, lots of ideas. Yes, It will be fun. We are so excited. We can't wait to tell you all about it. Thank you so much to Aiden Manning for editing our episode. Thank you to you and the entire team at Fire Digital. We're very, very grateful. And thank you to our Patreon donors. This week we are saying thank you to... Our Devil's Hour Insomniacs, which, oh my goodness, there are 302, 302 of you. Wow. Okay. Should we power through? Let's do Try it. Try to say all of these names? Yeah. Ugh, I'll kick us off. Thank you to Sarah, Luann, Jordan, Darren, Ashley, Yamali, Idol Whistle, My Mental Health Fan Club, Brian, Christopher, Alejandro, Dana, Koala, Olivia, Lindsay, Joni, Jenna, Madeline, Robin, Erica, Mary, Angela, Lizzie, Chris, Corey and Lane, Barbara, Heather, Janine, Jennifer, Marie, Sarah, Tammy, Victoria, Kat, 
Amy, Christigail, Elizabeth, Harry, Leanna, Autumn, Lauren, Donna, Ricky, Ashley and Rowan, Doxon, Chris, Brenna, Monica, Deborah, Dharma, Emma, Madison, Ramiro, Jason, Samar, Brittany, Hannah, Rebecca, Tara, Teresa, Gretchen, Jen, Nicole, Willen, Reby, Jacqueline, Philip, Allegra Bree, Erzabet, Maggie, Benjamin, Deliana, and Ryu the Lucky Black Cat, Kevin, Kimi, Vic, Jacqueline, Larray, Sarah, Sarah, Sydney, Amrit, Beth, Je- Jenny, Laura, Megan, Angela, Bella, Kaylee, Rebecca, Bree, Chris, Gail, Jenna, and Shaq, Macy, Paya, the worst music you've ever heard podcast, Dubya, Amanda, Jamie, Kristen, Lexi, Morgan, Trepid, Aaron, Lizzie, Max, Rhiannon, Jessalyn, Megan, Mormo, Nilza, Olivia, Uki, Sean, Michael, Bethany, Haley, Jeremy, Zoe, Alexis, Azanith, Carrie Lee, Jill, Rochelle, Sabrina, Amira, Camila, Randall, Andrew, Brittany, Colin, Madison, Maria, Kathy, and Milani, Natalie, Maria, Madison, Belinda, Angela, Jordan, Lady, Nikita, Abigail, Chris, Aaron, Jeanette, Kat, Lindsay, Melissa, Heather, Jaden, Kayla, Melissa, Melissa, Samantha, Vanessa, Daniela, April, Cash, Sarah, Savannah, Tie-Dyed Balloons, Michelle, Sarah, Jacqueline, Courtney, Sheena, Ashley, Ashlyn, Cora, Heather New, Cassandra, Stephanie, Adam, Alexis, and Jill, Anthony, Aurora, Cassie, Chelsea, Christine, Courtney, Daniel, David, Ellie, Emily, Jane, Jen, Janie, Kate, not Kai, Katie, Katie, Laurel, Lindsay, Lizzie Liz, Megan, Megan, Monts, Rachel, Rochelle, Sabrina, Sam, Sarah, Shadow, Summer, Tracy, Tracy, Zoe, Isabel, Victoria, Brittany, Camila, Carrie, Carrie, Catherine, Ednog, Gary, Kent, Corey, Megan, Santi, Sky, Marie, Michelle, Annie, Ashley, Benjamin, Carly, Cassie, Cece, Clarissa, Inez, Kaylee, Krista, Patty, Susanna, Taylor, Britt, Jasmine, Jalen, Jazareth, Matt, Sinners, Nails, Glam, and Gore, Tina, Alexis Hancock, Amanda, Amber, Debbie, Jeshua, George, George, Lexi, Melissa, Nadia, Jennifer, Ciara, Priscilla, Rebecca, Kimberly, Rebecca, Ash, Ashley, Bree, Huggy Bear, Janine, Karen, Kim, Rachel, Stevie, Abigail, Brennan, Carrie, Elizabeth, Fabiana, Jessica, Kirsten, Raul, Sabrina, Samantha, Sydney, Haley, Hannah, Jessica, Nelson, Charlene, Alicia, Briscoe, Caitlin, Caitlin, Emily, Jessica, Kate, Kylie, Laura, Miranda, Trisha, Whitney, Abby, Carly, Debbie, Emily, Emmanuel, Gabby, Heather, Heather, Kayla, and Jorge. Thank you so much. We're blown away by the support. (laughs) Continuously blown away and so grateful. And we're just, I mean, we love that we get to create this and that you all are here for the ride with us and are enjoying it. And we really couldn't do it without you. So thank you. Thank you. And we will see you on the the other side. Very spooky. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.